0: It's the holiday season, so whoop de doo dickory-dock, and don't forget, just exactly at 7 o'clock tonight will be Survivor Series. But before we talk about Survivor Series, we're going to talk again about AEW. Yes, I watched another episode of AEW Dynamite for one of the wrestlers that was on there, and we're going to talk about... Possible Feud of the Year candidates for the Heel and Face Awards coming up later on next month. How you doing, everybody? It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C hanging and banging, clanging with you on the eve of Survivor Series. Doing it big like we always do. Talking about professional wrestling on the Heel and Face podcast a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary in the world of professional wrestling brought to you by heel turn wrestling. So we got a lot going on baby doll and we're on fire. As the kids say again, um, I am not completely emotionally invested in WWE for right now. I did try to pay a little bit of attention to what was going on. I know, Roman and Big E are big right now. We talked in the past episodes of real heat between Becky and Charlotte Flair, and it hasn't gotten any better between the two women. So, again, these were two women who were promoted by WWE as part of the four horse women, right? The women who helped set the tone, quite frankly, for NXT in its glory days. And now we are reduced to. We're reduced to a rumor that uh, one of the WWE Women's Champions may, in fact, be walking out as soon as humanly possible. But that is for later. We are going to talk AEW first. And I'm so glad you could join me in uh, my quest to talk about the beloved Squared Circle today. As a matter of fact, you can check me out anywhere in the interwebs. That's right. The beautiful internet. You can check me out. I have multiple podcast uh, uh, streaming service ways to access things. I know that was really awkward, but I kind of blanked out for a second there. So I do apologize. You can catch me on all different social medias. You can find my link tree in the open card uh, of the show. You can scroll back to that. I'll also be posting it all over all of my social medias. I'm on Facebook, obviously. I'm on Twitter, obviously. I'm also on Minds. I'm also on local slash Rumble. So just check me out wherever you want to check me out. If you can't, for some reason, check me out on Facebook. Check me out there. But of course, you can also listen to the audio version of this podcast on your favorite audio podcast streaming service. Could be Spotify, could be Apple Podcasts, it could be a lot of different places. So uh, check me out, I'm all over the place and I try to interact as much as humanly possible. So thanks for joining me there. If you can't join me here, and let's just get right into a show. Oh, I'm sorry, no, before we do that, just a couple of uh, quick programming notes for you um so IRL in real life I'm going to be uh taking uh some time off so what I'm going to be giving you guys for the next couple of weeks is what we call in the business a canned episode actually what we call in the business pre-taped episodes so uh Don't worry and don't fret because I would have been putting these episodes uh, together for you regardless. But, you know, just in case things get out of hand and sideways and I don't really have anything for you if I'm not around. I just want to make sure that I'm producing the best quality content, even when I'm not in front of the camera. So check this out, if you will. Just some programming notes for the rest of the year. Next week, I will be bringing you a Best Of show. I know, we're all excited about the Best Of show, right? So there's going to be a particular theme. I don't know if you can catch it, but it may even be a prelude to one of the awards of the Heal and Face podcast Best Of award show. So uh, part one will be next week, and then part two will also be the following week, December 5th. Followed by, that's right, the Heal and Face Awards. The aforementioned, much, much anticipated Heal and Face Awards will be coming. Coming a little early this year because of how it falls on the schedule and different things. But uh, you can check out the Heal and Face Awards. The kids are talking about it already. Uh, they don't know if they want to name it the healies the Faces, or whatever. But it is what it is. And that's uh, what you can look forward to on the 12th. And I will also be posting the categories and who I'm going to nominate. And I'll hopefully let you guys vote, have a little access to it as well. Now, the 17th of December, I will be doing a live show. I'll catch up. Anything that needs to be caught up in the world of professional wrestling between now and then. And December 26th, of course, is the day after Christmas, what my wife Canadianly calls Boxing Day. That'll be determined. I might be home. I might not be home. I don't know, but we'll find out and you'll find out with all of us. So stay tuned uh, for greatness coming from the Heel and Face podcast. Well, now that I got that out of the way, um, what we can do is we can go to talk about a possible promotion of the year. Or at least a promotion of the year candidate. And I know I've banged on these guys forever. I know that, um, again, some of you would accuse me of bashing them too much. But honestly, uh, AEW is coming up. And the landscape completely changed when they signed all those free agents. But the problem with signing all those free agents is, now where are you going to put them? And we'll find out in the upcoming year 2022 but for right now let's talk about what immediately just happened the only show i watched uh this week uh in its entirety was aew dynamite so let's get to it shall we you know overall you know there was a lot of buzz a lot of excitement because it was going to be a lethal's first match in aew and There's also some fallout from the elite that need to be dealt with, and it kind of gotten dealt with, but you know, of course, in an awkward inside joke way, leaving it uh, purposefully ambiguous. So all we need to do is just speculate. Uh, The show started off with, of course, uh, Jr. Tony Excalibur with the open, and then we get a backstage vignette with the super elite. Kenny Omega, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, where Kenny Omega, uh, you know, is reevaluating his life because he's very sad that he lost the belt and he doesn't know where to go. He's directionless. The elite is directionless. And as he's talking about this, Adam Cole, the other uh, alpha personality in the group, steps forward and he says, cleaner, I got this. Like, we're boys. I got this. And Kenny Omega turns to him and says, I was talking about the Bucks holding down the fort. So, Ooh. So then Matt awkwardly steps forward and don't worry. We got this. Meanwhile, in real life, Kenny Omega is taking some time off to heal up and to, and to probably get surgery, I believe for his neck or his shoulder. And uh, he should be back. He's got, he's banged up. I mean, Hey, you want to try to put yourself out there as the belt collector. You want to try to put yourself out there is the greatest professional wrestler of our era. Um, That, and, and overbook yourself and uh, wrestle in a whole different uh, four or five different uh, positions at once and it's that's on you that's on you and you took that toll on your body so uh, that's what's happening with the super elite we will see if there will be a power vacuum and or power struggle when Kenny Omega comes back So we then kicked off the show with Cowboy Excrement Day. I don't want to cuss. I try to keep my swears down on the podcast because I want to make it PG and accessible for you uh, fans. Of course, Adam Page is followed by uh, Dark Order, and I really, really wish that he wasn't anymore. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. So the crowd is chanting for him. Um, and the crowd is backing him, calling it, uh, you deserve this chant, clap, 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 clap. He turns around to the fans and says, No, you're wrong. I don't deserve it. I earned it. Blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep, yep. And then he uh, puts over uh, Brian Danielson, saying he's the number one contender. Uh, then, as soon as he says Brian Danielson, you hear the new music, boom, Brian Danielson hits the ring. And he says, I'm not here to call you out, but basically I'm here to call you out. And uh, he says, you're talking a lot of cowboy excrements, but uh, you're not ready to fight. So I can fight right now, said uh, AEW champion Adam Page, to which he said, no, I want to wait until it's right. Um, And then Page says, well, maybe we'll have a match, but we'll have a fight. Lunge is after the American Dragon, and they were both separated by the Dark Order. Of course, Brian Danielson was dressed up in his gear, so he had to have a match against uh, Eviluno. Uh, much of the boredom of everyone in attendance. I uh, can't believe they gave this match any more time than it necessarily had. Um, and he ended up kicking Eviluno in the head, which he said as much because he grabbed the mic. And by the way, this seems like this is the most Daniel Bryan's ever cut promos. Um, in his entire life, but he said he came out to congratulate Hangman Adam Page because of his behavior, but he ended up kicking Evil Uno's head in, and he vows that he's going to take apart every member of the Dark Order until he gets to uh, Hangman Adam Page. The crazy thing about this is Adam Page is the babyface champ, why does he need a gauntlet of goons? Why does he need goobers for uh, Brian Danielson to fight his way through? It just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Um, he needs to sever his tie with the Dark Order and be his own guy and move forward. Um, so Tony Schiavone was backstage interviewing Eddie Kingston. And then for some reason, 2.0 and Garcia interrupted him and then Pop and... That uh, Kingston said, "I'm going to catering." So I guess that was an inside joke towards WWE because every five minutes AEW has to have an inside joke against uh, WWE. This was really the only match that I watched because I wanted, in a sense of, I was really paying attention to. I really saw. Uh, So as we hinted, uh, Chaos is coming from New Japan to uh, AEW, and Orange Cassidy is now in Team Chaos. So, Cassidy versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii with Rocky Romero and the best friends who were in Rapongi 3.0 or Rapongi 3K. I don't know. Came out to fight the Butcher and the Blade with Matt Hardy, the Bunny, and whoever else is lying around, not at catering. Um, I mean, you could, it was what was expected. Everything went the way you would normally think it would go. Um, Ishii comes in and uh, just uh, ate a bunch of punches from the blade and then uh, gave him the big shoulder tackle, obviously. Uh, Butcher came in and uh, hit Ishii with a clothesline, but it only just stunned him. Uh, Ishii then uh, got Butch across the ring and uh, suplexed him or superplexed him off the uh, top rope. That was good. So uh, basically this was just a way to reintroduce the audience and fan serve the audience for uh, the Pitbull, Stone Pitbull. Um, just a lot of beating on him to show how tough he is, a lot of no selling that kind of thing. Um, then uh, Ali, poor Allie, because she's really not doing anything, Got some brass knuckles to the blade. Um, but, uh, Orange, uh, Cassidy jumped off the top rope and took care of Matt Hardy and HFO before they could use it. Uh, Ishii grabbed the blade and spiked him with the delayed brain buster. Looked like it darn near killed him. So, uh, fun stuff. Probably again, the only reason why I wanted to watch the episode, But I stuck with it for the rest of it. Um, and of course Excalibur has to obligatorily mention the forbidden door. So moving on, Tony Schiavone backstage again, because that's basically where he is at this point in his career. And I guess Alex Marvez is doing football. So they need somebody, uh, backstage with Cash Miller and Dex Harwood of FTR, Telly Blanchard, uh, El Idolo and Jose, the assistant, um, And uh, they all just challenged each other, so it was no big deal. And Tully Blanchard even challenged Arn Anderson. Uh, So, okay, moving on. We had a women's quarterfinal match. And let me tell you, um, I could have fast-forwarded through this. Uh, Two of my least favorite female wrestlers in uh, AEW right now are Sheeta and Nyla Rose. I don't know if Nyla Rose is ever going to get any better than she is. She's going to be what she's going to be. She's going to be Vader, right? She's going to be big and strong and, you know, but never always be as technically sound or as good as she could ever be. And Chia is, I don't know, uh, is, is, is is a little overrated in, in my uh, estimation. They tried to put together a pretty decent match, but it looked like two green wrestlers going at it. Um, so it was whatever. A really terrible uh, bump and uh, uh, take of the uh, kendo stick by Vicky Guerrero. I mean, for crying out loud, she's a sixty-year-old woman, but at the same time, too. Like, if you're going to hit somebody with a kendo stick, you better make it look real. And she only got one whack. From Sheeta, but that didn't really matter because uh, Serena D was waiting outside and uh, attacked Sheeta, got her in the knee when the ref wasn't looking. Um, uh, uh, that then uh, somehow uh, Sheeta made it into the ring, selling the knee, of course. Uh, Nyla Rose tried the Beast Bomb, that didn't work. Uh, Sheeta countered it. Uh, but, uh, Nyla Rose, uh, did the, uh, MMA pickup one-arm powerbomb anyway, still didn't work. She try to hit her with the, uh, kick, but Nyla Rose, uh, blocked it. And then it just, it was a nice transition though. She did block it over her neck. And then as she uh, does, uh, uh, leg was draped over her neck. She just put, uh, Sheeta in the stretch muffler, one, two, three, it was over. So Nyla Rose advances to uh, the next round of the TBS Women's Championship Tournament. Uh, backstage, we see Malachi Black with... I'm sorry, not backstage. Oh, yeah, backstage Malachi Black uh, was talking to Cody Rhodes about he was going to turn everything toxic, and you haven't seen uh, the last of them yet, and et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, we're, we're, we're good. Moving on. MJF... Came to the ring with Sean Spears and Wardlow. Uh, Spears came out with the chair, of course, and tried to put MJF over. MJF thanked him for being uh, an account buddy. That was pretty awesome, I guess. And then uh, proceeds to cut a promo on uh, where he is in the company. And... Then he said, doesn't matter what the rankings are because nobody's on my level. As soon as that happens, of course, CM Punk's music hit. And this is the thing that we have been waiting for for the past three or four months, right? The, the Ever since CM Punk joined AEW, we've been waiting for him to go to the top level talent. Nothing against Darby Allin uh, or anything like that. But, you know, why is he uh, a mid-carder? Why is he a, a middle of the road guy? He should be going after the biggest uh, baby face in the company, and or not baby face, the biggest heel in the company, and that's MJF. So I don't understand why it's taken so long. I guess maybe they had to get MJF out of his um, current angle, which was really taking him nowhere either. So uh, MJF announced himself as Maxwell. Punk laughed, didn't shake his hand, and walked away. So you know that's. That's that's setting it up for a program with MJF, and I'm kind of all for it. The acclaimed came out. Uh, Leo Rush was accompanying Dante Martin. Uh, actually, it was a tag team. Sorry, so it was a tag team with the both of them. And uh, after the match, uh, Max Cast. I'm sorry, not Max Caster. After the match. Um, Team Taz came out and Ricky Starks made a push for Dante Martin saying that he can go far with Team Taz or he could languish with somebody like Leo Rush. He gives him one week. The choice is yours. So we'll see. That looks interesting. I'd like to see Ricky Starks versus Dante Martin. Sounds really cool. And then we get to the TNT title match. Again, I I wasn't real interested in this match. Um, so, uh, Sammy Guevara, the Spanish God versus Jay Lethal. And again, it's Jay Lethal's first match back. And I love me some Jay Lethal, but it just wasn't feeling this at all. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go back and and rewatch it, see if I can appreciate it even more. Uh, but as it was, uh, Tony Nese, by the way, uh, was watching from ringside. So again, another WWE guy kind of hanging out, right? Uh, quick start, as always, uh, Sammy going behind and Jay Lethal went for a figure four immediately, uh, but uh, Sammy Guevara cradled uh, for a near fall, so that was a quick start. Um, it looks like they were... Wrestling just to get all their stuff in, probably to get Jay Lethal acclimated to the AEW environment, and the AEW crowd. Even though Jay Lethal has wrestled before uh, uh, big crowds before, but it's whatever. Um, uh, they were basically stalemating each other for the longest time. Some uh, really good wrestling moves. Jane wrestling was on point, and then the knee strike uh, that uh, Sammy Guevara caught uh, Jay Lethal with. And then uh, Sammy tried a shooting star press, but uh, Jay Lethal blocked it and really uh, got Sammy's goat, really injured him. Uh, The two men got up, and then they just started brawling. Uh, Hockey fight occurred. Fast-forwarding through a lot of the match. Uh, Jay Lethal tried an elbow, but Sammy countered with a roll-up and a near fall. Um, Sammy uh, hit him with a thrust kick, but Lethal... Uh, hook Sammy's leg for the figure four again. I wonder if they're going to let Jay Lethal continue to have the figure four. I wonder if this is going to be another door for possibly Ric Flair to open up and reunite him and Jay Lethal in that whole, uh, uh, TNA battle they had. Um, it was, it was back and forth, not going to lie. It was back and forth action and the crowd was into it. At the end, Lethal, uh, Dragon suplex Sammy, but Sammy landed on his feet. Sammy caught Jay with a couple of knee strikes. Then, uh, Jay got the best of, I'm sorry, Sammy, uh, got the best of Jay, hitting him with the GTS and uh, retaining the AE or, or the TNT, uh, belt. So, despite that, um, they shook their hands like Ring of Honor and, that was it. So it was it, w- it was a decent enough match. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it to reappreciate it, and um, maybe this is a like a shaking hands with Jay Lethal on national television is probably a little wink and a nod to what's going on with Ring of Honor right now. And and so um, all intents and purposes, AEW was a decent enough show this week. It wasn't necessarily anything to write home about, but uh, it still uh, had some pretty good matches. Uh, like Lethal and Sammy Guevara. And of course with team chaos versus the butcher and the blade. So we shall see how AEW will roll that into 2022, which I find funny because really are they positioning themselves to overtake WWE eventually? It seems that way. Uh, Now, you know me again, not usually a fan of AEW, not really interested. They don't have anything that really appeals to me all that much with the possible exception of some of these free agent signings. But with the attitude that everybody has there, the positive, seemingly positive learning environment, I mean, I'm sorry, learning environment, uh, talking about school, um, the seeming positive working environment the the vibe everybody gets there you know uh there's about 100 wrestlers on staff right now but nobody really cares cuz everybody's having a good time and and I don't mean that pejoratively in the sense of you know it's not a job it's just a place where your friends can hang out you know and of course there is a little bit of markishness in uh in, in Tony Khan's attitude but as far as AEW positioning themselves if they did it right if they played their cards right not only could they have two shows and two shows on uh, YouTube as YouTube exclusives but they could possibly have three shows and three uh, uh, AEW exclusive content shows for YouTube if they played their cards right they could do it pretty well if I would I would say keep AEW Dynamite what it is. I would say keep Rampage kind of what it is, but I would say make a third show. And if you want to troll, since everything that they do in AEW, ultimately trolls WWE anyway, why don't you call it AEW next level? That'd be pretty dope. You put it Tuesday nights, go directly one-on-one head-to-head with NXT, Take advantage of the fact that NXT is complete and utter garbage right now and run shows using all of the people <laughs> that you got rid of, that the WWE got rid of. All the people that got fired, with the exception of probably Hit Row because they probably pissed some people off with their comments, but get all the talent that's been released and put them on NXT. You're not gonna tell me you're gonna wanna see Keith Lee versus and Cross main event AEW next level, of course you are. Keep Rampage the show that kind of more story oriented and also a show that kind of builds up uh, the mid-level talent. Like a Team Chaos match, tag team match should be the main event of Rampage, not a mid card on Dynamite, right? The big stars need to stay on Dynamite. The future stars need to be on Rampage, and everybody else who is like an indie darling or someone that was made by the WWE should be on AEW next level. That's my that's my opinion, and I think that they could do it. I think it could work. So is AEW positioning themselves to take over WWE? They're positioning themselves. I hate to say this, but I kind of hope they do. I really do hope they do. Because I don't think it's a good idea to compete directly, but at the same time, too, if they can do it, if they could really truly do what they set out to do two, three years ago and put together an athletic product that was no BS and was all about action and all about wrestling in the ring and forgot all the craziness and forgot about all the silliness that goes on in AEW sometimes, then maybe, just maybe maybe just maybe they will position themselves to be the number one professional wrestling organization in the world in 2022 so uh good luck we'll see if that happens all right well uh, we are going to take a very short break and when we come back we will just finish up the show with predictions for tonight's survivor series that'll be on in just a little while now so Stick around. Uh, We're going to be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C. Steve Castle and Oval here kicking it with you on this Survivor Series day uh, before the preview, the pay-per-view tonight on the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary in the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And, well... It is the holiday season, and as you know, I will be taking some time off in the holiday mode, doing different things. Uh, but one of those, uh, you know, things I'm going to be spending time, obviously, over the next couple weeks with family and and with friends, doing our thing. Uh, but um, one thing you want to do because it's the holiday season is that you want to. Uh, spiffy up yours and a loved one's wardrobe, and what better way to do that than by going to prowrestlingtees.com. Prowrestlingtees.com is the number one source for pro wrestling fans to get the gear that helps support their favorite wrestlers. And of course, we have our own little shop, our own little site that you could go to, the heel turn wrestling site. So just go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash. Heel Turn Wrestling, and you can take a look at all of our fine merchandise. You can take a look at uh, Billy Alexander's t-shirt. You can take a look at Alcoholic alcoholic Adams' t-shirt. You could do what I did a couple weeks ago and buy the brand, Heel Turn Wrestling. But, of course, if you want to really impress somebody this Holiday season. If you want to have a fan, a friend, a family member for life, then you can definitely buy them the Heel and Face Podcast T-shirt. That's right. Do it. All your friends are doing it. It'll make you feel good. Just go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash heel turn wrestling for all your pro wrestling gear. Goodness, goodness. All right. Well. uh... We're back, so thanks for joining me on the Heal and Face Podcast, a podcast dedicated to news information and professional wrestling commentary. So glad you could join us. I'm sure glad you could join me on the show today, and we're just gonna go right into it. So, like I told you earlier, there's gonna be I'm gonna be out a little bit and. Um, In the meantime, I'm going to be coming up with everybody's favorite award show, the Heal and Face Podcast Awards. That's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks, and you're going to want to be a part of it. You're also going to want to think about your favorite categories, because I will be posting throughout on my social media to get people to vote on who they think they're – who should win the Heal and Face Award this year. For different categories, I do wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, uh, feud of the year, tag team of the year, promotion of the year, biggest news story, uh, biggest shoot story, uh, match of the year. So it's it's a really fun time. It's a really fun way to look back at the year, and I hope you join me for that, especially because... One of these feuds that I'm going to nominate for Feud of the Year is, as the kids say, off the chain. This feud is coming almost literally out of nowhere. And um, I, I honestly, I don't even really know how it started. But let's go to uh, Courtesy of Ghost Brute on Twitter. Another incident happened this weekend between heated rivals, Thunder Rosa, and Mike, and uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Sorry, the computer froze for a minute there. And as you can see in the screen, courtesy of Ghostbrood on Twitter, pow, there we go. Thunder Rosa takes out, busted open radio host, Dave LaGreca, who looked like He was just minding his own business, having a beer. And, of course, she has to put him through a wall of beer cans. I don't know, you know, why we're living in the square, why we're shooting like this. I don't know, you know, uh, if the lines between fan and journalist are being blurred, but they are continuing their feud into... Uh, the year 2022, it looks like. So is this pro wrestling's biggest feud of the year? It could possibly be, you know, it could definitely be. Um, we could see that uh, this thing just started, I think, as like, you know, as things do. Uh, witty banter between two. Maybe it was a Twitter war, if you're familiar with it. And now it's just gone full blown into uh feud of the year, hatred, we're talking like steamboat flare levels. We're talking about um, we're talking about uh, the Von Erics versus the Freebirds level. We're talking Rock versus Austin level of rivalry heat, and this might be the feud of the year. So we need to keep an eye on this situation to see if it gets any worse, to see if Dave LaGreca is okay, and if if, if he'll be fine for his show coming up this week. All right, well, we go from that to uh, sports entertainment. We go from independent wrestling to sports entertainment, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, preview tonight's Survivor Series. Now, I say this with a heavy heart. Survivor Series was one of my favorite pay-per-views growing up. Uh, Survivor Series, the first Survivor Series, of course, was in the old Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio, uh, just outside of Cleveland, probably halfway between Cleveland and Akron. Um, the Richfield Coliseum was the first you know, Survivor Series, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to go, but uh, I did watch it on the closed-circuit television somehow. I don't even remember how. I just saw some of it. Uh, and then uh, it's always had a soft spot in my heart because it was always around Thanksgiving. So you could just chill out from school and just stay up a little later and watch Survivor Series. But it was also, you know, the gateway into Royal Rumble, which was then the gateway into WrestleMania. So it always held a soft spot in my heart. Uh, Royal Rumbles my second favorite because it happens always around my birthday. But uh You know, it was a natural progression. And now it's just so blah. Honestly, who's going to watch it? And the bigger question is, is there anybody left? Like there's a, the opening of the show is going to be a 25 inter-promotion battle royal between Raw and SmackDown. And you got to wonder if there's 25 extra people left. They have a five-on-five five for the men's, five-on-five five for the women's, and all the belts will uh, be occupied. They won't be defended, but they'll be occupied all night. It'll just be basically bragging rights between all of the belts. So is there anybody left? I mean, it's like John Travolta in uh, Paul Fiction. He just looks to the left, looks to the right, doesn't see anybody, wonders where everybody is. Um, I feel that that's exactly how the bookers and the agents are trying to scramble to put bodies together for tonight's event and then it's not like, you know, WrestleMania where everybody gets uh you know hopefully everybody gets on the card gets a bonus for being on WrestleMania it's no one now there there it's all hands on deck on Survivor Series everybody who's available can come but since they've gotten rid of Pretty much three-fourths, if not two-thirds of their roster. Who is left to be on this Survivor Series show tonight? But um, we're going to give it a go. We'll give it a go. We'll we'll talk openly. And let's go ahead and start with that aforementioned match, the 25-man battle royal for Survivor Series with a bunch of people that I really don't care about. I mean, let's be honest. It's a bunch of people I really don't care about. Um, I guess they made some announcement that Veer Mahan is coming to Raw, so we look forward to that. Uh, Behind the uh, Heel Turn Wrestling logo is AJ Styles and Amos. I mean, Drew Gulak is still around. Good for him. I thought he'd be one of the ones gone because of uh, cuts. I'm not wishing it on him. Uh, Ricochet is there, I guess. Uh, S- Sammy Zayn is there, probably biding his time until he leaves. Uh, then you just got a bunch of random people. So you know, to be brutally honest, like this, whoever wins this is is not is not really winning at all, are they? I mean, I don't think so. So you know what? Because he's got the biggest gimmick going and the biggest heel, the most to lose, and they're kind of giving him the big push before you go, like the push out the door, I'd like to say uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict that uh, Sammy Zayn wins this. Honestly, because I can't think of anybody else. So, um, Sami Zayn has got my nod to win the 25-man Battle Royal Survivor Series match. Because, honestly, there's nothing else they're going to do with him. You know, his contract's up. Kevin uh, Owens' contract is up. Uh, Rumors are swirling that a lot of these guys are going to go right down the road to Orlando or up the road to Orlando or to Jacksonville to... uh, to sign with AEW and, you know, be part of the super elites. Uh, Kenny Omega tweeted something about uh, I'm sure the guy in this picture wants to pay me back, which was a picture of uh, the second match between him and Kevin Owens when they were both in PWG. So if we're to believe the rumors are true and that both men are leaving, uh, as you know, Kevin Owens is in the push out the door with uh, the, uh, with Big E and the uh, WWE heavyweight belt. And Sammy Zayn is getting to push out the door by being in, wrapped up in uh, being the main heel or one of the main heels on SmackDown. So let's go from there to uh, another, actually, what will probably be a fantastic match, just in spite of itself, which is uh, belt for belt. Again, none of the belts are being contested tonight. It's just a sense of pride. We've got uh, Nakamura, who's who's abdicated his throne, but still followed around by Boogs, Uh, will be fighting uh, U.S. champion Damian Priest in a uh, mid-level belt showdown. Uh, I do very much think this match will be very athletic. I think it'll be... um, a uh, uh, surprising amount of high spots because Damien Priest can can go, can do it. Um, both guys are going to fly around the ring for big men. It's almost like mirror images of each other. Both very well-versed in martial arts. Both very charismatic. Both very good at the psychological aspects of the ring. So uh, if Vegas were doing predictions, this would be a push, most definitely, Uh, But I think that because Damian Priest is the new star of the uh, WWE or one of the new stars of the WWE, then I'm going to go ahead and give it to Damian Priest in a very close match. Nakamura is going to look very good tonight, though. Uh, Boogs might be tempted to act somewhat heelish. So look for that. But I think uh, Damian Priest is going to be victorious. So. That's to look forward to. Uh, Next match, again, no real buildup. They just built it up within the last two weeks. So, you know, no real excitement over it. Uh, Tag team versus tag team as uh, RK Bro goes against the Usos. And this is kind of a bloodline thing. But this was also, uh, you know, uh, a point of pride. I don't know who's going to win this one. Uh, again, this is probably another push for me, but since uh, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle won't necessarily lose anything if they lose this match, this match would be a perfect match for a DQ or a double countout because it will make both teams look strong. But uh, since Vince doesn't really care about tag teams, uh, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Usos. This just to further along the storyline, build things up for later on in the night uh, with Big E versus Roman, but also, uh, you know, the the Survivor Series match as well. So going with the Usos makes sense to me. Speaking of the Usos and the Bloodline, for the WWE, actually, this is the WWE Champion and the Universal Champion will get together in a clash Of brand supremacy as WWE champion Big E takes on Universal Champion, the big dog, the head of the table, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman in his corner. So um, I expect shenanigans. I expect foolishness. I expect a rigmarole. I expect uh, just whatever. If any match is going to get a bunch of run-ins, a bunch of Gaga, a bunch of silliness, it's going to be this match. Probably going to see uh, King uh, uh, King Xavier King Woods show up. Probably going to have Sir Kofi show up at some point. You're probably going to have the rest of the bloodline show up, and then Brock Lesnar will somehow come in and interfere and F5 both men, but stand tall over. Roman Reigns. So if there's any time for an appearance from everybody's favorite Brock Lesnar, if there's going to be any time where it's going to be a a screwy uh, ending, it's going to end up being this one. So, further disrespecting Big E, I feel like the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns will win this contest tonight. So, We're looking pretty heavily right now on SmackDown. As far as I can see, my prediction, Sami Zayn, SmackDown, going to win. Uso's going to win. And Roman Reigns is going to win. And one victory, of course, going to Damian Priest on Raw. But let's talk about Raw. Speaking of Raw, again, the Raw women's champion Becky Lynch will be taking on former Four Horsewoman member, WWE SmackDown champion, and disgruntled pro wrestler Charlotte Flair. So this thing's gotten out of hand both in uh, real life and in kayfabe. So I don't know what's going to happen uh, that uh, – Becky Lynch took it as a sign of disrespect. Recently, in an interview, she called, and here's my one cuss word for the night. Uh, she did refer to Charlotte as a bitch. Basically, she implied she was self-serving and that she uh, was uh, not willing to do business. And it's been and Becky Lynch implied in the interview that this has been coming for a long time. That she's just been getting increasingly worse backstage and. Perception is definitely a part of reality, but I don't know. I've defended Charlotte on this uh, very uh, podcast before myself. So even though I'm with Charlotte and I feel like that she could be better served if she went to another company, possibly a rival company, um, hopefully she will be professional enough tonight to – to be able to uh, work with Becky and eventually let Becky get the favor tonight. My prediction is, is that uh, Vince is going to send Charlotte a message. Vince is going to let Charlotte know who he favors and who he respects. And tonight I feel like raw is going to win with Becky Lynch defeating Charlotte flair. So there's two victories for raw right there. Now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Oops, sorry, sorry. Now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Thought I had a picture loaded up there. We do have the women's five-on-five traditional Survivor Series match. Representing Team SmackDown is newly added Tony Storm because for reasons Aaliyah was taken out. Uh, Natalie. Shotzi. Super Blackheart, the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, and team captain, Sasha Banks, versus, representing Raw, the Queen, Zelina, Carmella, Liv Morgan, uh, Rhea Ripley, and the Raw champion, the Raw captain, Bianca Belair. Uh, This could turn out to be a pretty fun match. Um, It's going to break my heart to see that Shotzi Blackheart is a serious, mean heel, which means she's basically a, a basic what everybody else is doing type heel. So I'm not real happy with that, but it is what it is and is. She's got a job. Um, somehow she survived over Tegan Knox. Somehow she survived over everybody else. So she's now in Survivor Series. And I can't really blame her, but uh, the Shotzi that we know and love – what got her there is 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 what we really want to see, but that's how that match sets up. This uh, this this looks like this is going to be because this is really a vehicle to keep Bianca Belair dominant and you know to keep her on top. So my prediction is it's going to be Raw is going to win this one. Uh, This might go because lately WWE has been very formulaic, like this person goes, that person goes. They've been very one to one and just whittling it down to build the drama because they think that's what builds the drama. But really, it doesn't having a variety of different ways to whittle it down. Like uh, this could be a match where you could definitely see uh, one of the teams uh, have an advantage, like a three on one woman advantage or something at this point. There's too many combustible parts on Raw. I know Carmella and Liv were going at it, and uh, Zelina Vega and Carmella were teaming up recently. You know, Rhea Ripley's kind of doing her own thing, but again, this is a vehicle for Bianca Belair. Uh, SmackDown's team is going to be more cohesive, but SmackDown is also full of the heels, and eventually, it's going to get down to Bianca Belair and possibly uh, Shayna Baszler and. Sasha Banks and Belair is going to have to take on both women uh, at one time, at one point, and she's going to become victorious. So I'm going to predict another win for Raw. Another win for Raw as Team Raw wins the 5-on-5 Women's Survivor Series match, which brings us to the final match right before we get out of here, which is the men's match. The one that I guess we're anticipating five on five traditional survivor series team raw will consist of Bobby Lashley, Austin theory with his new selfie gimmick, Kevin Owens, who, like I said, is getting the push out the door push Finn Balor, and Team Captain, the Messiah, the Architect, Seth Rollins, versus Team SmackDown with Happy Corbin and Madcap Merriment, uh, whatever his name is. I I was going for the adjectives to describe him, and I was goofing around on that, and I don't even remember his name. So all I know, Moss, that's it. Madcap Moss. Uh Sheamus, who's back to being thug life, Sheamus, uh, King Xavier Woods, the charismatic Enigma, Jeff Hardy, and the Scottish Claymore, the former WWE champion, Drew McIntyre, as uh, captain of the team. Um, there is, again, more tension with one team this time. Uh, it's more SmackDown it has more tension uh, on the team. You know, have the history of Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Uh, nobody knows what Corbin's going to do. Uh, nobody knows if Corbin's going to be jealousy uh, jealous with uh, King Xavier Woods flaunting his crown. Uh, Drew McIntyre fumbling, stumbling through, uh, possibly on his way down as a push. Uh, you know, won't be seeing the uh, – Universal Championship anytime soon, but he might be content to be just the guy. Whereas Raw is a more cohesive heel unit. They're going to stick together. Um, although I can see you know, Kevin Owens just being a complete malcontent and just fighting everybody, which is probably what he will do. If there's anything, it's going to be Kevin Owens either quitting on his team or attacking either Seth Rollins or Finn Balor. Uh, to be able to get back into the picture with Big E. Uh, there won't be any shenanigans in this match. Probably not. If any, it'll include the New Day coming out, Big E and... Uh, and. Uh Kofi and actually if there are any shenanigans on the other side the bloodline will probably come out too so there will be a big cluster at the end but I feel like with all of the disharmony on Smackdown and the onus people trying to put eyes back onto Raw I'm going to predict that Raw will come out on top and Seth Rollins will in fact get the sneaky pin to win the Royal Rumble or the Survivor Series for his team and solidify himself as number one contender for Big E's WWE Championship. All right. Well, that's the predictions. That's as far as I'm going to go for today. Thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. By the way, you are more than welcome. I should have asked you guys. You're more than welcome to commentate. You're more than welcome to come in and talk. You're more than welcome to uh, give your opinion. I will look for it. I know the show is just about over, but I'll go back through and I'll take a look at some of the comments that you leave and I will respond as much as I can. Again, just to let you know, as a programming note, I will be taking some time off to spend with the family the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to be running a best of show. The best of part one will be... Mostly the good, positive stories that happened throughout this year, with the exception of one major bad one. December 5th is going to be part two best of, which is pretty much going to be an omnibus of how terrible WWE is. So I'm just going to track WWE news-wise from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and just kind of put it all together uh, in a typo about how WWE is no longer... The epitome or the destination for professional wrestling, not just in North America, but in the world. After that, again, join me for the heel and Face Awards. Uh, you know it. You love it. You can't live it out of it. You've been waiting all year for it, and here it is. December 17th, we're coming back with a live show, probably the last live show of the year, because December 26th, which is the day after Christmas, nobody knows what's going to happen. That's why it is too be determined. So I'm really glad that you got the chance to join me. I'm really glad you got the chance to listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you for joining me this evening. I ran a little long, but hey, that's cool. Uh, just want to let you know to have a safe, happy Thanksgiving. I know there's a lot out there in the world that's really bumming people out. Things don't seem like there's a whole lot to be thankful for. But if you just think uh, just be thankful for the fact that you live in a country uh, that not only provides you uh, with an opportunity to watch something silly as professional wrestling. But the fact is that you get to express those opinions on social media for everybody to see, interact and talk about Uh, the fact that you uh, live in a country where even though it doesn't seem like it's just all the time. For all people, at least it's a place where you can try to make that world a better place and I truly appreciate it every day. I appreciate all of you. Thank you everybody who tunes in every week to my show. Thank you for supporting me on Anchor or Spotify or Uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are. Thank you for joining me on all my social media and to everybody out there in professional wrestling land and, of course, my brothers at Heel Turn Wrestling. Have a great Thanksgiving, and I will see you in a couple of weeks live, Daddy. All I have to say left is the traditional peace.